Alright, I can't believe it. 50 episodes of Talking Trash. Oh my god, this is a big event. What are we doing? What are we going to do tonight? Uh, we're talking trash on Giallo. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. Mommy. What's the matter? Mommy, why does that girl keep telling me I shouldn't go there? Giallo I mean, you, you gave me free range, so I picked Giallo as my genre. And so it's Giallo July. Yeah, uh, in July you have uh, took over the reins of the show, and we are doing Giallo films. And this is the 50th episode, so it's a big one. It's a big deal. We're going to talk about something great, right? Uh, sure. <laughs> no. Now here we are. Um, I I am Scott, and you are Joe. I am Joe. Last I checked, and we are just another movie night. And this is talking trash or talking giallo. Talking trash. We're basically hey, what this is all. If you haven't heard this yet, what this is boiled down to is Joe trying to get me to enjoy giallo films more uh which is a if you don't know a subgenre of horror movies that include italian horror usually a slasher or a thriller uh it's sketchy on what exactly this all is but it's basically crime or mystery yeah. also so it's a very vast explanation of giallo um but this one that we're doing um is interesting enough this is my director that I picked this time is Giulio Questi. And the movie that we chose, or I'm sorry, I chose to torture my husband with is, well, the American title is called Plucked. <laughs> the worst. Amazing. But the Italian, the Italian title is worse than that. It's called Death Laid an Egg. Uh, Giallo Laid an Egg. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, well, this, this is everything this is... we want in a movie to talk about on Talking Trash. I can't stop laughing because this is not the first. This is actually my third pick because I couldn't find the one I wanted to watch. So I, I chose this one. Even though this is on my watch list, it wasn't one that I wanted to pick for this particular month. But here we are. We did it. <laughs> We wandered into a real foul egg of a oh, film. Oh, I see what you you said. Foul, an egg. I... <laughs> oh my uh, god! A real stinker. A little yeah, rotten that's egg. A rotten egg. No, this is perfect. This is exactly the kind of movie I want on this show. A movie that is just so absurd, so incompetent. 
that you feel like, yeah, everybody needs to know. And since, let me tell you guys, this is Talking Trash. And on Talking Trash, we do what we do best. We watch shitty movies so you don't have to. And we tell you the whole movie, spoiler fashion. We're going to break down the whole film. We're going to talk about it. And what better way to do this movie than that format? Because holy crap. This was something. This is like this is like incompetent on so many levels. Okay, first off, let's just get this out of the the because I try not to talk about the movie while we were watching it. I wanted to wait. So now we're trying to uh, get our opinions out. But uh this was an hour and a half of audio torture. This was like now imagine your child. You have a child, like a five year old. And you just decide to put every instrument one at a time in front of that child and just record as the soundtrack to your film, that kid playing each instrument. So what do we got? We got a piano. Violin. I think we have a saxophone in a there. A guitar. I don't know about the sax. I thought I heard some hot sax. It might have been um, a xylophone. <laughs> In this, there uh, sounded like there was a flute at one point. A triangle. <laughs> it could have been. It, it was just like every instrument is passed in front of this child. And it is horrible. And that's what they passed the soundtrack. And what's worse, they left the jacket up over the dialogue. Yeah. There's a scene where uh, the characters in this movie own a chicken farm, thus the title of egg, you know, laid an egg and plucked. It has an entire theme about chickens. Well, the, the premise of this film is, it, uh, I don't want to say premise, but the backdrop or the setting of this film has to do with um, the lead character played by Gina Lodgerbridgeta. She actually owns a chicken farm. Yeah, and so that's kind of a backdrop. And there's a part in this movie where they actually torture the chickens more by playing the soundtrack to this film at them. Uh, no, I have to go to town. Ah, now it's working. <laughs> Which I was like, you're torturing us. Are you mocking us, the audience, as the chickens in a coop ready to be slaughtered? <laughs> Maybe. And you know what? Good on you guys, because I think that's exactly what I felt like. I think that you're giving the director too much credit. Well, let's uh, let's get into this one, because holy shit. First off, when I said incompetent, and, and I pointed out the score first, that's important. But what's even more important is the terrible editing and directing of this film. Yeah. I mean... I think that's that's foremost, is the, the terrible editing and directing. This this is a mission to try to get somebody into giallo, it, it, especially a person who loves cinema, but does not understand the love that Italian horror gets. This is the kind of movie that I would expect. You know what I mean? Like... You, this is a journey. This is a test of a will watching some of these movies because every time I'm hoping for the best, 
I get exactly what I was hoping for, which is the worst. And and this is and, and to start this movie off, we have the driving sequence. Yeah. No, this one isn't a driving sequence. No. I'm sorry. We, oh, this is actually two minutes and fifty nine seconds or fifty seven seconds of um infertilization. Yeah. Being shot like a, it was the a cells chicken. Yeah. and the birth of an egg yes. being shown through a microscope for two minutes, 57 seconds, with the awful kid playing an instrument sound effect <laughs> for two straight minutes. I That's think how he this was film playing opens. the xylophone. This one's it's, it's actually sound like the kid is pounding on keys. It's not an actual child, but it, it seems like care. they it let is. a child let do a five year old make this music. There's no yeah. doubt in my mind. This is a kid jamming on keys for two <laughs> minutes while watching a Aww. microscopic version of egg fertilization. <laughs> Holy shit, that doesn't sound terrible right off the bat. If it could only get worse, because the next thing we get is jump shots of hotel rooms, scattered shots that never statically shoot a person. They're just flying by the person constantly. And if it's even more, that sounds even more insane. We also get shots of other hotel rooms. One room in particular is a man killing himself with a plastic bag on his head. Yeah, they and, never go back to that. In his tidy whities And we never go back to it. It is completely pointless. And we also are getting, not only are we getting this guy wrapping himself in this bag, we're getting a guy listening to his neighbors fool around. He's putting his ear against the wall. And then we also have the person fooling around who is slowly becoming a... We get shots of his briefcase opening up and having torture devices being put onto the bed. As we hear this woman talking about, oh, loving and cuddling and getting kisses. And so, oh, he's saying, oh, I love you, darling. Now, we don't see him. We just see the black love. Anything from a giallo film you can think of is being put on the bed. We got a switchblade. We got a we got a hunting knife. We have stirrups. We have black gloves. We have a tape recorder. All these things are being played out, and we're seeing jump shots of a guy putting a bag on his head, people coming into a hotel, a guy listening into the wall, uh, a woman walking back and forth with terrible zip shots, like just flyby shots of her walking by the camera over and over. We don't even know what we're looking at, and this goes on for a good minute as well. Until finally, the guy putting all the stuff on the bed starts killing the woman he's with. That's And by the way, before he starts killing her, she says, I want you to kiss all of my body. Kiss it all. The love. And the guy's putting his ear against the wall listening. But then he goes outside. And he, he I guess in this hotel, you could just walk over to your neighbor's back door or back window and stare through the window. So he does. And then that's when we watch our main actor, we find out, his slashing. His Marco. He's got his black gloves on, and it looks like a dentist outfit of some sort, and he is just slashing. We don't see penetration. We don't see anything. It is the worst shots of a murder scene you've ever seen. It's basically just a woman laying on the floor screaming with some, like, no blood, just screaming. Her, close up on her face, and then a close up on his face side of his head that's not in frame properly and his hand flying all over the screen which is holding a knife and he's just slashing at the air let's not forget about the directing in this scene so there's literally 
like, I mean, the bad, the bad shot that you cannot overlook is the fact that this director keeps putting random objects in the foreground to hide and conceal exactly what he wants to conceal, which is the body, the, the slashing, everything that you want to see in a, like a horror movie. He has something in the foreground to cover that up. Yeah, nothing is in frame. Is what I was saying. Like nothing yeah. is perfectly in frame. Like, what is that kind of directing? Like, what are what are you what are you doing? It's a mess. It is I've a never crazy seen anything mess. like this. It goes on through the whole movie. Yeah, it, it it yes, and it gets worse and worse. And this scene is being shot through the uh, blinds, uh, like like you know sh- like I don't know what you call them, vertical blinds, right? Yeah, and. Uh, it's being this guy's staring at it. We're we're watching a guy, his eyes staring at the crime, and the crime is just terrible. And then the guy who's watching this murder, he's not reacting to it in any way whatsoever. He just calmly gets into an elevator, goes downstairs, gets to a a, a payphone, and calls somebody. We don't know who he calls. Yeah, and 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 he's and, just way too calm for someone yeah, having just seen a freaking murder. And this actor reminds me of uh, Greg Sestero from The Room. He kind of does. It, his blank stares, his his bizarre reactions to things. Yeah. Oh, also, the close-ups on his face. Did you get a vibe of 1968 from any of these characters? Because this movie came out in 1968, and I did not have a 1968 vibe. I mean, I can see it. it it's a, uh, it's, it's Italian. It's not like an American vibe. So I can yeah. kind of understand. Like, I mean, it's there different. Is a, there is a oh. sex party scene in this movie. There is a weird stuff in here that kind of goes, ah, oh, okay, this is the 60s. There's yeah, also some terrible outfits. Oh, I mean, you know how I feel about seventies wardrobe, but yeah. we're more in, in exactly in the seventies yet. But they were—you could tell—it was just starting to get there. Yeah, but it's like that hippie vo- colors and pastels, and and we're getting into disco or whatever the hell it is. But with this particular character, I didn't get the '68 vibe from him. It was weird. I don't know. I think everybody looks pretty decent in this film. There's a lot of good-looking people in yeah. this. Yeah. Well. When that guy's on the on the phone, the payphone calling somebody, we of course don't hear who he's calling or what he's saying. We also see the killer come out of the elevator with sunglasses on. And by the way, he's got like the sunglasses, Tommy Wiseau sunglasses. He's got the whole sunglass vibe, and he's in a suit with, with uh, he's like a full tie, the whole suit, and he's calmly marching through with his suitcase, and he leaves. Yeah, he had just murdered someone yeah. in a hotel room, and he's just like, eh, all right. So I guess he's not concerned about them finding the body or anything like that. Yeah, and and and, and that doesn't like for the whole movie. We're like, what is happening? Right? What's going on? Because they never go back to it. Never the, the, this body. No. Nope. And, and what's even funnier is there's another one after this. So. We kind of get little details, and then we finally get some stuff at the end, but. We, the whole movie they just don't tell you anything no instead we have a lot of crazy shit occur and it is some odd stuff i think we now find out that this guy who just murdered somebody is our main character yeah and not only is he the main character but he, he's also married yeah we, we get he goes home and we get his entire introduction to his house and what's going on there mm-hmm. he's well i should also say that he's a photographer and the, oh, 
okay, the way that we find out that this guy's home and he's with his family or whatever is we cut to a scene of him taking photographs in a chicken factory of two women holding chickens and turning on the devices to ground them up. It was very bizarre. And they're posing these two women like models and he's taking photographs and we don't know what the fuck's going on. And they're acting very just nonchalant and they're laughing and they're giggling. He's taking all these different photos, different directions. Like he's a photographer. And all of a sudden a, a giant wrench goes flying out of one of the factory uh, shot. Um, like, what do you call those? Uh, like a shoot. Mm-hmm. And it shoots out a giant wrench and it almost hits them. And they go, Oh my God, what is this? And the one girl's like, <laughs> there's a blonde, and she just goes, who would have done this? So casual. <laughs> Could have gotten us. Somebody put it up there. Just what are you getting? I at? said somebody put it there. They did it on purpose. They wanted to kill us. That should be obvious. They meant it to fall. I'm sure they didn't mean to. I'm sure of that. They did. They put it there on purpose. I wonder who. So casual. We find out that these two people that he's taking photographs of, one of them is his wife, and the other one is his wife's cousin, the beautiful blonde. Yeah. uh, yeah, uh, But before we get that, the woman, the the, the older looking woman, she says, I think it's the workers. The workmen did it. They hate me. And they're outside. They're just watching us. And you're like, wait a minute, what? And when they open up this door, they actually show a fence with about 10 guys standing behind it watching them. Yes, but that doesn't come back ever, ever. It's a running thing in the background of this movie. and But there's never anyone working in this factory except one guy. That's that's the plot here. The 10 guys just are staring at them. And she's like, look at them. Look at them. We don't need them anymore. And I fired them, and they can't go, and they won't get over it. And they're trying to out to get me. And they're just staring at And she's like, are you going to go do anything to this guy? And the camera guy's like, no. And he just shuts the door. There's nothing that, I mean, they don't come back. They don't, like, try to, like, you know, burn down the chicken coop or anything to hurt her. But she just, like, fires she, them. She <laughs> thinks, well, well, that's the that's the plot. Yeah, that's a weird plot point in this movie. Is well, first off, she thinks that they tried to set her up for murder by putting a wrench in the chute to fly out, although they're on the other side of the fence, <laughs> right? And and he's like, That's oh. yeah, and, and they're not in problem, they're no problem. So he like moves on. Then maybe we would have been left alone instead of persecuted, anyway. Thank god they've gone, and good riddance. There they are. They hate us. They did even when they worked for us. What are they doing here now? We don't need them anymore. Are you going to let those idiots just stand there and watch us? But uh, we find out here that, like you said, the older woman is his wife. And she owns this factory. Mm-hmm. This is her factory, of a chicken factory. And this is <laughs> on their land. Their their house is built on a giant chicken farm. Like a like a 
they're all locked up in cages. This is yeah, it is worst nightmare. It's a, it's like a chicken. It's a chicken farm. Oh, they have I mean, a whole company. I would be I would be completely uh, amiss to if I didn't mention remiss remiss. I would be remiss if I didn't mention the fact that when they're t- posing for photographs, she is holding a dead chicken like it's a oh joke at like a comedy farm like i thought it was a rubber chicken martin, martin uh, steve martin would have had in his act like yes. wiggling around a fake dead chicken through by the neck it she's holding it up real though and she's so happy to be posing with this dead chicken i, I all i kept thinking was holy crap PETA should not be told about this <laughs> they should not and vegetarians should not see this film yeah uh, probably better yeah, so, yeah, like I was saying, like, I guess uh, this is his wife. And they have, which slowly gets told, is her cousin living with them. And she's a younger girl. We found out the actress was 18 years old filming this movie. Mm-hmm. She was very, very pretty. Very pretty. I think both of them are. I, I think that they went out of their way to try to make the other one old. I don't see, first of all... Her name is Gina Lollibrigida. I can't even say yeah, that. She, she's constantly referencing she's that she's old. She's so pretty. And she's only, well, she was only 41 which is, in yeah. this, which is not old. Um, but apparently they have their, her. it's her cousin. And we find out that she's living there because she doesn't really have any family left. So she's living with her cousin, Anna, is, is the name of the wife. And so she's helping around the farm. Yeah, her, the cousin, this the aunt, or the the two cousins, and this husband live on this farm, and apparently only other one worker works on this farm with them, who is a scientist. The scientist is running experiments. It, it this slowly comes out. It is very very strange. It's apparently, she has fired all of the workers at this place because they're trying to run efficiently and cheap. So she's like, I can run this whole damn thing myself. So she's running it there, I think, with her cousin. I don't know if the cousin's really helping, but apparently they're working, and this guy's doing, I don't know what his job is. He seems to be a photographer who's written a book once, but apparently he's broke. They they mention all this crap, like, throughout the movie, and it, it's so odd, right? Like, she's got a lot of money, not enough to hire workers, but like she's cutting costs by firing them. But those those workers don't want to go home. They just want to watch. Yeah, they just want to. They're so around. angry, you know. <laughs> uh, it's so weird, and that that is an odd plot point in this film. But yeah, um, we we they, they we cut to them outside um, having drinks, talking, and looking at the photographs. And this is where the woman, who's the wife, won't stop talking about her age and how she doesn't look good in these photographs. And her dialogue is always insane. In this film, she's got a lot of weird thoughts. She's like, you know, my eyes, you know, my eyes just don't say whatever. And then the young girl's like, I think that photograph says that you're the boss. And that photograph says, Now here you have a strange kind of gentleness. Once upon a time, I wanted to have that quality. Do you think you'll like it? Yes, I do, dear. But it's too late now to do anything about it. Oh, what the fuck? Right? And she keeps talking about, you look beautiful in all these photos. And the husband's like, she's like, rip this one up. She's like, don't rip this one up. And the husband's like, yeah, you guys look great in this photo. And she's like, yeah, we'll keep that. You can rip up the rest. So he's going through his photos that he took. And one of the photos is somehow of himself putting the wrench in the slot to shoot out. 
I don't know how that even occurred. So he, some, I don't know how he took the photo of himself doing it. I mean, he was taking photos of his wife and the cousin at the time. Yeah. But he somehow got a an action shot of that happening. Yeah, he's actually looking at the photo like, whoa. Yeah. Who's so taking this? He ran into the house and said, oh, I have to make a phone call. And he got rid of that photo yeah. because it's so incriminating. It looks like he tried to kill them. Which I think he did. I think he tried to kill his wife. I think he did and, too. And I think that's ex- explaining. I think that the uh, person who took the photograph was the blonde because she made that really terribly acted. Yes. I wonder who did it. You know? And I think they were trying to say that she took the photograph that she saw it. Yeah, well, right from the beginning, I felt like there was something going on between. Well, yeah, the them next two. scene is like mm-hmm. absolutely telling you that's true. Yeah, but like from the beginning, I just was like, okay, this hot young blonde is living there, and I don't know, it it just seemed a little too much. But um, I I feel like it, everything was too in your face, and the dialogue with with these with this couple, with the. The wife and the husband, it, it just seemed like they didn't even know each other. It was just weird. So yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, something's definitely going on here. Oh, my God. It's uh, it's it's wild. Um, At night, he goes, like you said, he rips up the photo, pretends that he's hiding in the other room. And uh, they're told, I guess the wife comes to the door and knocks. And she says that there was a man looking for her, came to the house and was looking for him. Looking he, for him. Yeah. And he's yeah. like, did you get a message? She's like, no, but he said that he'd be back. Yeah, so that's, okay, so that's a little whatever. Yeah. But um, in, the, in the middle of the night. Well, they, they actually go to bed, and there's just some crazy dialogue in this sequence. Yeah, this, this, I, I'm a little confused. So in 1968, I, I was asking you, do people sleep when you're married in, in separate beds? Well, we were talking about they seem like they were in their late 40s or 50s. And so they're from the 50s and the 40s. So They didn't seem that old. They're not young people. They're not like 20-somethings in the 60s. It's 1968, though. I mean, I I feel like in 1940, early 1950, they might have, you know, slept in a... In different beds, but I thought it was so weird. I was like, okay, this is planned because obviously they hate each other. Yeah, I th- maybe that's what that is more. But we get a whole shot of her. She's undressing. They don't film her. They don't show anything with her. Um, but they're basically getting ready for bed. And all she keeps talking about is how sometimes she, she looks at her cousin and she just thinks about her slowly being ripped apart piece by piece. Just because she's so beautiful. And then being put back together. And then she just gets put back together like a doll. She just, he won't stop, she won't stop talking about cutting her up. How beautiful the cousin Gabrielle is. Um, and then she just has these visions of like, she, she thinks she's so beautiful that she just wants to take her apart. That she is just wants to freaking weird, okay? Yeah. It's just weird. And... He's like staring off into the camera. They lay side. They lay down in their beds back to back. They don't want to look at each other. They don't say goodnight. And he's just like, "Yeah, that is some weird thoughts. I wonder why people think this way and feel it. I'm interested in that." I was noticing Gabrielle today. We were down at the pool together. Gabrielle, what does she have to do with anything? Her body seems to be made of separate parts, beautifully united. But still, each one perfected 
to be separated and put together again. You make a sound like a toy. You can pull to pieces and reassemble just for the fun of it. You might kill her in the process. It wouldn't be to destroy her, but to remake her. A different way every time. That's pretty abstract. There's nothing abstract about Gabrielle when you see her nude. She's put together so nicely, her body and her pretty little face. Her body's so neatly formed that every movement she makes is graceful and cool. It's her youth. I'd love to take her apart at certain moments when she's laughing. Or when she's been drinking. Or when she pretends she's serious and doesn't smile. I wish she would always stay like that. Never change. She's so young, she's not aware of herself yet. Other people will soon make her aware of what she is. I had a strange dream the other night. Gabrielle was stretched out in her bed, motionless, as if she were dead. How absurd. Okay, good night. And, and so, but, like, the thing is that they never touch each other. They never yeah. kiss each other. They're complete strangers. That's yeah, what they act. they act so strange with yeah. each other. And, and in the middle of the night, he's, he's woken up by a sound of a car starting. And we see outside that it's the guy who saw him murder somebody in the opening. Getting into a car and driving off. Yeah. So he gets up and he goes, he goes to Gabrielle's room and he's calling out for her. And he pushes the door open and she's not in the bed. So he goes around looking for her and he goes outside. But for some reason, doesn't he go to the chicken coop? So he goes to the, he goes to the, the, the chicken warehouse yeah. in the dark and stumbles around in the dark and knocks over scientific lab materials. <laughs> and this is one of my favorite things I've ever <laughs> seen someone do. He knocks over, I mean, little liquids. Coming out of like test tubes and stuff. Yeah, so this is like test tube liquids, and he tries to clean it up with his bare hand. So he tries to scoop the whatever it was. It looked like egg yolk. It, it does. So I think that's what he was scooping up. He scooped it up with his hands. He tried to scoop it up with one hand. He didn't push it into his other open palm. No. He tries to wipe it up with one side of his hand, and then hilariously takes the other side of his hand, the back side, and wipes it more. This is how this guy cleans up a spill. I'm like, okay, this movie isn't... This is a movie that if you told me this was aliens making a film, thinking they're trying to pretend to be human, I would believe it. Oh my like God, an that android. is so true. That is so true. But like, the funny thing about this scene is that he breaks so much shit. And things fall over and test tubes fall on the floor and break. And he's concerned about cleaning up egg yolk with his one hand... He- and then I, you see him next in the bed, clean. Like, he's just, you know, back in his bed after that. Well, yeah, well, he actually picks up what I, I, I laughed because I think it was the test tube spiral. Oh, and yeah. I thought was, he was going to suck it up. I was like, what is this, a silly straw he just got? Yeah, it but was he like... he just sticks the tubes back in. Everything's fine now. Just stick it fine. all back in. And, and he acts like the scientist guy who runs that lab is not going to notice any of this. Yeah. So it he gets, was ridiculous. He, he gets back in bed, and I guess the next day we find out well, he, he wakes up, and uh, his wife is out of bed, and then he walks down the hall, and he sees that, that Blonde's room is also exactly the same way in the middle of the night. It looks like it wasn't slept in. Yeah. So he goes outside to the pool, and his, he's always wearing a full gray suit, tie, black sunglasses. That's like a running—that's his costume in this movie. And he walks outside, and they're both outside. And she's typing, and uh, the other one's dictating— names 
Yeah, so, like, she's creating, like, a party list. And the husband's like, okay, w what are we having a party for? And she's like, oh, it's just going to be, like, you know, 20, 26, 27 people. Nothing major, whatever. So she's reading off names. And for whatever reason, and we still don't know, he goes over to the cousin, the blonde, the cute blonde cousin, and whispers something to her. And he starts typing on the typewriter. He types her a message, but we don't, we couldn't see it because it was in Italian. We couldn't tell what it was. Right. It would be nice if the freaky movie would tell us what it said. Not yeah. that it really matters at the end of the day, but that's the moment where I was like, okay, he typed her a message on that. Yeah, they Letter, have some kind of relationship. Some shit's going on. They're banging. Whatever's happening, yeah. it has to be because he doesn't even say anything to his wife. He doesn't. He doesn't kiss her goodnight. He doesn't say goodnight. He doesn't even sleep in the same bed with her. Yeah, he's also a murderer. Oh yeah, that little tidbit of information. He's a murderer. Yeah, he murdered someone in the open in this film. So it's, and he's also unlikable. And I would also say I don't know who overdubbed him, but man, does it sound like John Saxon. It does sound like him. John Saxon is a bad movie night all-star. Yeah, and he's also done some Giallo films. And he's done some Giallo films, and he's uh, also a horror person. Nightmare yep. on Elm Street. You'll know that he's movie. He's in Tenebrae. He's in Tenebrae. So he is actually, our, you know, one of our guys. Yeah. We, we like him. It sounds him. like he's overdubbing him. And this guy kind of looks like a, um, a cross between, um, oh, my God, I just blacked out on his name. Oh, uh, from Inglorious Bastards. Christoph Waltz. Oh, he does He's look like, like him a little Waltz bit. Christoph Waltz and John Saxon. Like an angrier version of Christoph Waltz. I guess so. He just looks like very plain. Very. He's so generic looking, this guy. I, I, he's so weird looking. Uh, and everything, the, the camera's always hanging on his face. Close-ups mm -hmm. on their faces. Terrible close-ups. Um, well, it turns out you said that the party... Um, it actually has more to do with that because I think it has more to do with uh, the Eggland Association of America or uh, Italy. I, I don't know what's going on here, but that's a giant thing. And this is supposed to be industry people. <laughs> this is supposed to be industry people in the poultry business. Yes, but okay. I need help. I need help. Because there's a whole plot line here. This whole party is, it's just so strange to me. That happens later, though. Do you want to get into it now? Or? I mean, no, go ahead. Because oh, I want to talk more about the poultry industry that happens first. Oh, so when he goes to the, the uh, offices. The um, egg exchange, um, <laughs> the Wall Street egg exchange that's happening. <laughs> it is. It is like a Wall Street. I don't egg. know what in the fuck is happening. <laughs> like egg stock. There's actually a giant egg statue in the middle of the room, and oh people are God. screaming at each other, buying and selling. I'm late. How's the market? Nothing out of the ordinary. There was a slight drop, but it's holding steady now. Yes. So they're part of this business, obviously, because they have this egg farm so they're all in competing like they're all in like competition with other farms and i guess their farm is doing pretty well because well, she fired everybody and they cut their costs yeah it seems like she actually has money the way she dresses oh, the she's, wife. she's got money so they you know they're well off oh yeah that's like referenced in this uh, but yeah. why would she leave him in charge of going to these meetings it makes no sense so they called him and he has to walk through the egg exchange. And there, there's my buy. And this one guy's just like, I'm buying all. I'm buying everything. I'm buying. I'm buying. I'm buying. I'm buying everything. Uh, and, and then we pass by every picture on the wall is of a chicken. 
It's like that There's one scene. There's chicken art everywhere. It's like in Ferris Bueller when Cameron's doing the, and the stock. They're watching the stock guys doing the yes. trading, and then he's doing those hand movements. That's what I feel like this scene is. Without a doubt, it is <laughs> batshit crazy. It I is. mean, this, the fact that everybody in this movie, every room is decorated with chicken art. And then there's chicken statues and people screaming about poultry. Amazing. It's like this, this is like a comedy, this whole thing. It is. It really is. Especially like when they zone in on the chicken's face on the wall. They, they do it's this like weird he's judging you. Yes. <laughs> and, and and he crosses this room and goes into an office and apparently he has a meeting. And this is a room full of people talking about the poultry industry and saying that we need to get poultry in every room in Amer in every household. Poultry needs to be more important. The difficulty we face is that no one knows poultry. People must learn the truth about our product, and it's up to us to see that they do learn. Poultry must become a staple in every diet. We've got to utilize our publicity as if we were dealing in politics. We must use it like any other industry. I mean, there's no... I wish I could remember all the dialogue here because it was great. There's no way that they can... I mean, how ridiculous can you get? I mean, just with the the dialogue in these scenes like it's just so goofy well even better is they want him in full charge of the poultry industry because they're doing great but also he is an artist because i don't know if anybody heard the first episode of our giallo month in july uh, but i made a checklist of things that i think happened in every one of these movies and one of those and cross off a bunch of those in this movie but artist mm -hmm. so he's an artist and of course, because artists are all serial killers. That's just how it is, right? Um, and uh, I think you they might tell be right, though, in these movies. In these movies, every single time. Or they're going to be the person they want to murder. Mm -hmm. That is uh, true. So, yeah, he, uh, he's, they're saying to him, look, we love your photography. We love the chicken art. And I want more stuff from you. And he's, they're like, look, he's like, I'm not, like, I'm not a star or anything. I'm not a person who could do that. You know, that's the farm. That's not me. And they're like, you take great photos. We love your art. We we love the direction you take. And you also wrote a book. And he's like, that book is shit. You know, like, I, it doesn't mean anything. And they're like, that's not what we think. So now, speaking for myself and the association, I'm entrusting this task to you. I approve. It's a marvelous idea. But that's impossible. I know nothing about publicity. Get somebody who's a specialist in it. The important thing is to get a man of good taste, and you certainly have that. You're the man who could best promote our interests. As far as the technical side goes, nobody's more expert than you are. You're a photographer. You've written a book. Oh, the book was nothing. Juvenile ideas. Unimportant. All we're asking you to do is approve slogans and drawings. Everyone's got to give of himself if the organization is going to go on. All of us have to think of the organization. I know you're just the man we need. I'm not, but I'll try. And uh, we should take it a little more seriously. We're you in full charge. And we also want to put you on board with a new talent we have and the guy buzzes this buzzer to call this talent in he's like he's a um uh what's that called um i'm blanking on the words here uh when you have people do all the uh oh he's like it does the advertising yeah, like the marketing and yeah stuff. he's a marketing genius and yeah let me buzz him in and he buzzes in, beep, beep. He does it so many times, he holds it down, beep, 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 beep. And it's like Morse code being sent out. And this guy comes in the room. And it's the guy who saw him kill somebody in the beginning. Yes. And we get full-on close-ups as these two meet into their eyes. But I was like, okay, what are the chances that this guy is now working at 
this guy's company who he saw in the beginning murder someone. Well, I think at this point you're, you have to realize, oh, this guy was at the hotel stalking him to find dirt. Yeah, but so? how? What are the chances that he would end up working for the no, same... No, you're missing my point. He already was going to work there. And what I'm saying is he was finding dirt on this guy. Oh, oh, I see. He was already, like, he was already recruited. Work, he, he was already working for the Egg uh, Association of uh, at Italy. And so... <laughs> the Egg Association of Italy. Uh, and, and is that what it's called? Uh, oh, <laughs> I don't know what they call the, the egg exchange that they're working <laughs> in. Whatever's happening there. The egg stock market is what it is, it's for real. It's insane. And, he was already working there, so you're already kind of assuming, oh, that's why he was acting so calm and cool. He was looking for dirt. He, I, I can't imagine that he knew it would be murder. Yeah, but he doesn't even react to the murder. Exactly. Like, it's so This weird. guy's like, you know what? I got some good dirt. Someone died, though. Yeah, but, but he, oh well. he doesn't tell anyone. So maybe he's setting something up. We don't really know, but this is where you start questioning. Wait a minute. Okay, there's a lot more going on with this character. But their meeting is great. The camera zooms up on our faces, and they're just... The one guy's speaking to him. He's like, I'm the one that came to your house the other day. I don't know if your wife told you I was looking for you. Um, he's like, I, I was hoping to go through some of the stuff with you before you got. I got sprung on you in this office. And he's like, nice. Right. <laughs> and he's just watching him. He's like, okay. The main character has... I mean, the guy he's playing so Marco... Cold. He's so just deadpan. Yes. Like there's nothing that like, he doesn't even react to anything. I, I mean, up until this point, he hasn't reacted at all to anything or, or you know, there's no acting. There's well, no. To me, his acting is suspicious constantly. That's his one face. I think that's like, just his suspicion? face. Like his face is just, it just looks like that, this actor. I don't think he was really acting. It was just weird. It was just, everything just gave me this vibe like, okay, I'm just, this guy's just here. Yeah. Hello, I'm the man who was looking for you yesterday at your home. It was just my bad luck that I missed you. Sorry I was out. My wife spoke about you. I'm looking forward to this opportunity of working with you. I'm not sure I could be of any use to you. Still, it should be interesting. Yes, indeed. Fine, now that the introductions are finished, let's get down to business, gentlemen, right away. Mondaini, I'm putting my faith in you. Don't let me down. Stay on the job. Well, they meet, and then the scene just cuts. Yeah, I'm like, okay, thanks for that. So there's not going to be any, like, blackmail. There's not going to be... He's not going to say, hey, man, you know, I saw you kill a woman. And, you know, if you don't give me such and such amount of money. or You know, he doesn't even try to do that. Yeah, the whole movie is very... Uh... Basically, us questioning, okay, this murderer, what's his deal? And then we're questioning, who's who's this other guy setting him up? Like, what what's his plan? So that's the whole film. Like, what what is this? What are these two guys' goals? Right? There, that's because there's no mystery. No. In the sense of who's the killer, or uh, oh no, what's going to happen? There is none of that. There's just what are these two guys' motivations? Yeah, what's going to happen with these two guys? Yeah. Like, I'm waiting for the blackmail because that's I mean what you expect. Uh, to point out, I think you skipped over this, but kind of an interesting little plot point that might not really make any sense. But uh, in the morning, when before he left to this meeting to the uh, egg exchange, he uh, walked into the um, the chicken factory, and he went into the room where he knocked everything over to check it. Oh, and yeah. he finds he finds some pieces of the broken glass, and he cleans it up. And then he also finds what looks like a looks like a shirt or a, a fab piece of fabric 
that has strange hieroglyphics on it. Yeah, it's very strange. It, I personally wouldn't. It was a scarf, but I personally wouldn't wear a scarf that looked like that. And, oh, I also weird. couldn't tell it was a scarf when I first see it. It looks very thick. It looks like a rag. It does look like a rag. It actually did look like a t-shirt. So he kind of like hides it. And uh, that's when we were introduced to the scientist. And he's like, uh, he notices that he's in the room. And he's like, why are you in here? You know, this obviously is his room. He's the scientist. And he's acting very strange. Yeah, right off the bat, I would have been like, dude, did you do something in here? Because this shit's broken. Yeah, and basically, I think he says something to cover his tracks. And the scientist is like, okay. But the scientist is very wary of him. Yeah, oh, he's suspicious yeah, from second suspicious. one. Yeah, very suspicious. Yeah. I think there was something wrong with the machinery that it needed to be switched. That something's going on with the machinery where it clicks in at a certain time. Because he's like, I think the machinery is not running. It should have already been running. I have to, I'm going to have to go reset the whole thing. And he's like, uh, I think it's smart what your wife did about getting rid of everybody else because now we can just focus on what we need to focus and we can find, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm close to finding out how to perfect the chickens. Yeah, so what they're doing is they have this big vat. It's like a huge feeding vat that they put like the um, the chicken feed in and it goes on a conveyor belt and feeds all the chickens. Yeah. So that machine is, you know, he had to go in and do something. He had to fix it, but that it machine. started up right before that. And he goes, oh, it started. It must yeah. be on some kind of timer, right? So uh, the husband leaves and uh, we see this, there's a scene of the woman, the wife comes in and talks to the scientist and he says, I'm a little concerned. I found him in the, uh, the laboratory and I'm a little worried because I noticed some stuff was touched. And I think there's somebody was in here and messed up some stuff. And I'm not calling anybody out. I don't know if it was him. But what I have to point out is that the radioactive material that I was working on was touched. And it could mutate the chickens. <laughs> if someone human hands unwillingly touched it. <laughs> no, it's just that I have the impression that someone has gotten in here and searched through my experiments. And I wanted to know if you knew anything. No, I don't. Nobody I know of has gotten into the laboratory. These flasks contain a culture treated with radioactive particles, and even a minute mistake would be more than enough to ruin the next brood completely. Why, I just can't imagine who'd be prowling around in here. So when he said that, I was like, oh my God, are we going to get like I a thought we were huge get blood freak. radioactive, like, you know, like... A giant Thanks killing, man. like things killing. It was going to walk around and like start killing. The chicken was like going to come to life like, you know, hardcore murderer. Well, I didn't know what was going to... I didn't... I, when they said that, I was like... What a strange plot point I had not expected already. I mean, it, okay, here, the name of the, the movie is, kind of like, yeah. I mean, plucked, but, you know, um, death laid an egg. It made me think that, oh, my God, this is going to make a huge turn. This is going to turn into a radioactive chicken that's, like, mutated and crazed, and he's going to start killing everybody. I was that's like, I holy blood shit. Flake. That's the only movie I can think of that is actually it? has a mutated chicken monster. Oh, my God. It's amazing. I think he's a turkey in that movie. I was like, oh, I was, like, so excited. I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be amazing. Uh, mm. No. No. Uh, yeah. So, apparently, that can change the chicken's DNA and that what he's working on. It could have been bad. And... Uh, <laughs> And, of course, the wife asked the husband, and the husband's like, no, no, I didn't touch anything. She's like, okay, I'm not accusing you. I'm just worried. 
you know, I'm just worried because, you know, it's some radioactive materials and it could mess everything up for us. No, 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 I didn't do shit. Well, uh, he goes out to uh, a luncheon by himself. And he's at, and then this framed shot is terrible. They put his face right behind a bush. So it's only like half of it. And it's, <laughs> it's right on the left-hand side of the screen. So it's not even centered. So we said this goes like, this, this goes on through the whole movie. Yeah. With the foreground item. Oh, just in terrible. <laughs> and what, what turns out is he's meeting with the blonde, the cousin. Yeah, which we knew something was happening there. And it turns out she's wearing the hieroglyphic scarf on her head. And he, like, takes it off. He grabs it off. Grabs it. Yeah. Forcibly grabs the scarf. And he goes, where did you get this? Yeah. And he, like, starts freaking out. Like, you know, he, she's like, oh, you know, Anna gave it to me. Anna, yeah. his wife. And the weird thing about this is that you made mention that he did pick up that scarf. He and has he put it in his pocket. He's actually pocket. looking at it before she drives up. Okay. So how did she get it back? Exactly. She and how multiples? many... Yeah, how many copies of this scarf yeah. does she have? And you know what's even better here, because we have to point this out, is she looks around at the people at this place, and she's like, how quaint, how weird of a place. Look at these people. And she goes, I'll have an ice cream, though. Right. So she gets an ice cream, and we have to watch shots of women eating ice cream staring at this camera. And then she starts eating her ice cream in the most bizarre way, she picks up a sundae and just starts eating it out of the glass. Okay, what what's very odd about this directing is that we we're, he keeps panning in on women we don't even know or, or care about eating the ice cream. But then he shows a shot of the blonde girl, one of our main characters, picking up a glass cup with a huge like a thing sundae. of whipped cream and a sundae. huge sundae. And she's just licking it like an ice cream cone. Yes, and no it, spoon. It was so bizarre. It was just a bizarre choice of like... Why would you just give her a fucking spoon? And remember, this is all in company. It's all followed up with the terrible score of the child playing an instrument. Oh my god! Or at least learning how to play an instrument. The freaking music in this movie is so jarring. Yeah. I I just I've never heard such odd like an odd choice of music. It's just bizarre. Yeah. So these two idiots are having lunch. Which here's the big reveal. We know, right? She but was they... looking. He was looking for her in the middle of the night because they're having an affair. Yeah, and so... he's looking for her, and he and he doesn't know where she went. And she's like, "Oh, I I sleepwalk. I actually couldn't find my medicine, so I I I was having terrible uh, headaches headaches during the night. I couldn't sleep, and I couldn't find my medicine. But he knows that she wasn't in the house. And we also saw that car wake him up in the middle of the night. So we know." Yeah, so that something was happening with that guy that's yeah. working with him now that's watch, watching him. He's onto it somehow. Uh, but he's like questioning everything. He doesn't really know, but he's like, he's sure something's up. But uh, these two are having an affair, and apparently he's madly in love with her because the two of them get in a car and they drive to the. Uh, they drive out to the. Uh, it looks like a meadow. Uh, like they drive in the middle of nowhere, the woods or whatever. But the car ride is what we need to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> this car ride. What is happening in this movie? <laughs> so it gets worse from here on in. The car ride is terribly filmed, and it is some of the worst editing. Again, we she starts. They basically are driving, and she's like, "You know, I don't want to leave because I like living with you guys, right?" And 
he's like, uh, yeah, we don't want you to leave, but I want you to be with me forever. And she's like, well, what about her? And I don't think I can leave her. And, you know, ever since my family died. And then he's like, I don't want to hear about this. And then she's like, yeah, I love my mother. She was the only thing I ever had in my life that that filled my heart or whatever. And when they died, and she's like, he's like, I don't want to hear this. And then we just keep shot of them driving to the road where they're driving. Basically, the the middle uh, line okay. of the so road. So, of the median, in the road, we get a shot of the lines um, for the median. Back and forth, back and forth, back, back and, and forth, forth. at full speed from them in the car to the median. And then... And she we... starts talking more and more about the death of her parents. Yes, and we who... have to see it. And she describes it. And he's like, I don't... He's like looking out the window. It's like, oh my God, stop talking about this shit. And she's like talking about it like happy. But she's like, you know, when they died, you know, he was driving down the road and uh, he hit the median and they and then they were seeing shots of a man dead on the street, a car crash. We keep zooming out. And it, now when I say this jump cuts, I mean, instant seconds road driving shot. of I was dead freaking body, dizzy d- shot of messed up car. Then of a woman walking out bleeding out of a fire in a car and she's just walking toward the camera shot 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 and it just keeps going and she's like yeah and she when they died you know that was it and and, uh, and we just keep shoot 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 shot 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 i mean and we can't even explain this and do it justice this is something you like you have to like look up a clip on youtube or something because this this scene literally made me dizzy it uh, made me freaking dizzy i was like wait why are we getting this i feel like i'm in a kaleidoscope or something yeah and it, it was weird what's funny is they also are playing the terrible music but then they just stop, and then we just keep getting a shot of the road and this woman walking dead, like dying, over it, and over and over and over with no music or anything. It was it. so weird. Like I don't understand why this director chose that route. Like it was just for, because it's so most jarring. of the movie, most of the film so far up to this point has been slow shots, slow things happening, and then all of a sudden we just get this bewildering directing choice i'm just like yeah like intense it was intense it went from boring and drab directing to this like fierce like flash all over the screen type thing yeah yeah i I was very confused it was confusing and i will say it works because it looks disturbing but it's also only making it worse because of how much it's jumping out of it yeah. And so it makes you a little nauseated on top nauseous. of being like, oh, that is a creepy shot. That is actually really well directed. And then it's like, oh, but the editing here sucks so bad it really that does. it's ruining the shot no matter what it's doing. You've got to stop being afraid. You've got to look your fears in the face. I do, but I can't believe anymore. I've tried it. And so you're afraid? Well, wouldn't you be? I've lost my family. My mother was my only happiness. We were just starting out on our vacation that day. Stop it, Gabrielle. The sun was glorious, the kind of sun you pray for. The whole family had just started out. Gabrielle. I didn't want to go. Uh, and so, yeah, basically they end up in a meadow. And they're just talking about how he's like how much she cares about he she wants to he wants to live with her forever you know when you're having a freaking affair and you know in these movies you they always sit and they talk about how he's gonna leave his wife and they're gonna be together happily ever after blah 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 and that just 
it's so stupid. It's like, we, we already know that you're having an affair. We don't need to hear about all this crap because there's nothing that this guy can say that will make you like him in any way. He, and every time he opens his mouth, he's just digging a hole even deeper. Yeah. But, but it's, this is great too, because this shot just keeps following them. Uh, for some reason, all of a sudden they're walking through the woods. Then all of a sudden they're running through a cornfield while they're talking to each other. And then she's playing. She's like, uh, what are we going to do for money? You have no money. And he's like, I can get a job. Who gives a shit? Who cares? And she, he's like, I can become a bandit. She's like, yeah, I would love a bandit's wife. Yeah, because she wants the thrill. So she's just not going to be living in some freaking podunk piece of crap house, you know, in the middle of nowhere with him. She she wants more. She's young. She's much younger than him. And she doesn't want to, you know, be broke. She's like, we both can't be broke. Yeah. So, so how is this going to work out? They end up out of the cornfield into a the meadow and they lay down on the grass. And this is great because she asks him, well, why did you marry her? He's, she's like, so you only married her for her money? And she's, he's like, no, I know you won't believe it, but I loved her. Now, she, this is a guy who's like, I love you and I only want to be with you. But I also married somebody for love and I only wanted to be with them. And I don't want to be anymore. So, and then she actually says a great line. She says, uh, love is the only thing that I believe is constant. Or forever. And I'm like, this guy just told you his love is not forever. Yeah, and she's she's kind of a twit. You're an idiot. Yeah, like, ridiculous. And she, uh, she says, he says, oh, you married, so you married her because you loved her? And he's like, yeah, there was a time. And then... We just get shots of him and his wife having sex while um, jumping to them talking about it. Yeah, so we're supposed to be in his mind. This is like his mind. He's giving us a flashback while he's talking with no about words. it. No with words. no words at all. Like just them talking, but with no words. Yeah, it was him talking, but they were. It, but the flashback that we saw was him and his wife having sex. And it was you, like you were okay. like. Oh, she's sleeping with someone else, so she's cheating on him. And I'm like, no, that's him. I thought that what they were, I mean, it would make more sense if while he was in the meadow talking to her about. She was if getting she it on. was yeah. getting it on with someone else. That would have. Unfortunately not. But that's not what happened here. Yeah. It, and, you know, I actually I felt bad for the wife at, at the end of the day, but whatever, you know, because she married this idiot. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. And then this idiot, the blonde is with them for some strange reason, too. Yeah, makes no sense. Like, she's one of those people you could tell how young she is, young and dumb, because she actually thinks that he's going to leave his wife. And, and she, really? Yeah, he keeps like, run away with me. And she goes, no. Nah. No. No, I'm not into no. it. Yeah. And, and uh, they actually drive back into town, and he's like pissed off about it all. So he like jumps out of the car and walks off. Of course, when he goes and walks off, he sees a storefront window with all the scarves. Yeah. Okay. I need help design. with this scene. This scene, uh, I don't understand. I need help with it. He sees, okay, the whole entire fucking storefront window is scarves, the same exact scarf. And he's so fascinated. He's like asking everybody, what is this design? And everybody's like, I don't know what the hell you, I don't and know what it is. No, it, no one even, and then he sees this woman. Who's the woman that he killed in the opening? Through, yeah, through the window. We're like, oh my God, he's having some kind of flashbacks. Yeah, and he seems to uh, run after her. But he, as he's running after her, and they just kept showing her walking, smiling, We he gets stopped by the guy who's following her, following him, the guy he's working with now. 
And he yeah. stops him and is like, hey, I was hoping we could talk. In the middle of nowhere, these two happen to run into each other. Yeah. In the middle of like a busy intersection somewhere. And he says, I was hoping to go over these designs with you soon. And he's like, all right. He's like, will you come with me now? Can I show you the designs? And he's like, all right. And now this is where we go back to the poultry uh, fact of the whatever the hell we want to call it, the, uh, the egg exchange. And he shows <laughs> him his art. His chicken art. It's all chicken art. He says, well, you know what? I think the chickens should take over. I'm thinking we can get a chicken in every department. We got a army chicken. We got a we got a chicken working in a, a chef chicken. Uh, yeah. We got a... Chickens for every single area of yeah. the office. We're like, okay, why do we need to see this? Obviously, this is the guy. Now, reminder, this is the guy who saw him murder somebody. Yeah. And he's acting like, oh, hey, Bob, uh, let's have a water cooler discussion about this week's uh, Perry Mason well, or he, whatever. Apparently, he's supposed to work with him and sell the chicken stuff i i don't okay but why are you being so freaking nonchalant about it you saw this guy murder someone i have a more of a question for you isn't this just one chicken factory out of like tons yes so why is he important right i guess he was assigned to do the marketing for this particular chicken farm why how many chicken i mean how could this office and all these people run off of one chicken like i don't know like but this is the big chicken farm and there's nobody working at this chicken farm but a woman <laughs> what is happening he she fired her staff yeah I, I i can't answer that but apparently in this particular part of italy there is one chicken farm that's uh, the big one i guess and so he's been recruited to do the marketing for that chicken farm apparently and while this like he's showing the designs like, I'm sorry, my first reaction, if I saw somebody murdering someone, I I would go to the police. Oh, this guy's taking it great. And he doesn't even say anything to this man. Like, yeah. hey, guess what? Uh, I can go to the police any moment because I saw you kill someone. You know, like, but there's none of that. He just casually, nonchalantly talks to him about chickens. Like, well, he's showing the art. The art is what? hilarious. It's oh, like chickens in suits and chickens in army outfits. It is, but it's pointless. Yeah. Pointless to this plot. Uh, it Well, to the plot in the sense that we he's supposed to be making the advertisement. And even the, the main killer guy, the, our main lead, is like, huh, do you think people will be into this? And he's like, yeah, chickens for everything. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I, I'm just like I, I can't, I can't. This whole situation has just gotten to our lead character, so he needs to go murder again. Yes. So what we find out now, and we didn't know later or earlier, was that he's finding these girls in the lounge, the cocktail lounge. He's getting prostitutes from the cocktail. Yeah, he's found finding them in the cocktail lounge in the freaking hotel. Now the hotel obviously knows that this is going on, that there's whores in their lounge just finding Johns. Um, waiting for Johns to come along like to be and be called like, "Women of the night, Joe." Oh, excuse me. Okay, well, you know, working girls, whatever. But so, yeah, he finds a girl in the lounge and hook brings. Just got a hook. He brings her back. Just got a hook. In. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. And then he brings her upstairs to his room, which he always, it should be noted that he always chooses room 627. That's his room. So he's been doing this for a while. Yeah. And they said, they made mention of it like over a month at one uh, point. He actually has that room forever. 
Like yeah, he's, it's reserved room for, for him. him. Yeah. Yes. He just rents it out. So they know that hookers are turning tricks in their rooms. They just don't care. And it seems like a big, like like a nice establishment. It doesn't seem like a Motel yeah. 6. And we don't even know. They probably work for the hotel. I mean, like, we don't even know because we don't know the laws. Right. The, the prostitution laws are there. We, I don't really know. But they could I mean, just be way, like, yeah, this is how I get my money. I, I hang out at the hotel and I go... Hook. Maybe the manager of the hotel is getting a little slice on the side. Who knows? Whatever. I mean, this could be a... Uh... It's just a plot point that we... Like, yeah. what is happening? Well, he brings a woman up to his room. He ties her, hog ties her, gags her. She's she's in for the whole thing. He draws the designs of the... Uh, the... The scarf. Or whatever the hell it is on her head. He draws all he over draws her. He draws the de- designs on her back. Yeah, with lipstick. And then really he uh, slices her throat. Yep. And that's enough of that because we don't find anything else about this. No, nope, we, we don't, don't know if there's bodies piled up in the room. We don't know what's going on in this room. I mean, honestly, I'm still at this point in the movie. I was like, okay, well, did they ever find the last girl that he murdered? Yeah, what the hell that's what I said. Doing? I don't know if there's stacked bodies somewhere. Or yeah. If he's doing something like, crazy with the bodies, we don't know. Like, what is happening? Like, there's yeah. no like cleaning lady or there's no. Um, yeah, true. What I didn't the think fuck? Of that. Like, nobody's coming into this room to clean up. It's or... got a smell. Yeah. So, okay, so whatever. So th- this is the second body. And so, yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I can't. It's bewildering. It's bewildering. We, now, we can talk about this. Uh, the, the wife is at the pool with her cousin, and the cousin's swimming, and they're talking about the party. And the, uh, the blonde says the cousin, she's like in the pool swimming. She says, I invited that guy that came over to the house looking for, your, you know, for the husband. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Marco. That, I think he'll be a hoot. Oh yeah. So and the then she's like, "Won't him. that be a hoot?" And he's, she's like, "Yeah, I think that'll be a hoot." I don't think they say hoot, but they no, say they something say funny hoot. like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think yeah. I think that will be good. Yeah. And uh, she's just looking at her with that lust. I guess she's imagining her chopped up, putting her back together again. I don't know. It's so weird. Well, but Anna's so like is, looking at her cousin weird like that. Yeah. It's so strange. So is the director because she gets out of the pool. And she walks crotch <laughs> into camera and then turns <laughs> an ass into camera. I was like, hold on. I'm like, wait, we need something in the foreground. There, so here, let's just had, have her crotch walk towards us. Yeah, and her... and when I say that, she's not naked, but she has a very low, like, swimsuit <laughs> that's, like, very low but also very tight. So you can see everything through it. Yeah. And it walks right into the camera. I mean, it's... <laughs> It's just like the most ridiculous shot. Like, what is this director doing? Like, I'm trying to figure out, like, what are what are your motivations here? Why do we need a crotch shot? Like, it just doesn't make any sense. And then, like, have her turn around and her whole butt cheek is just in the shot. Yeah. It's <laughs> it's just the most gratuitous, ridiculous thing ever. But it's stupid. It's so bad. It's so stupid. I'm like, oh, my God. God, this is the worst. This directing is the freaking worst. It's, it's weird. It's very weird. Oh, and, my God. Uh, I guess the, that night is the party. It's the party with all the people for the the elite. Yeah. The elite chickens. This is the whole chicken association <laughs> is in this place, in this party. It's jamming. And for no reason, we're just thrusted into a scene where the guy who just started working with him, the guy who's watching him, the husband... Uh, he's telling everybody that he needs a room with... No, this room won't do. There's no doors. I need a room with doors. What the fuck is he talking about? And they're about? having a hard time finding a room with no with, with a door in it for some reason. 
In in a house. In a house. In a house. And so the wife who owns it and at the party, she says, how about this room? And he's like, it's perfect. But we can't have any objects. It needs to be bare. We can't have anything that can trap memory. Okay, okay. I need help with this scene as well. And so the entire party guests all are laughing and having a great time. Remove every object from this room. And we, at this point, us as the viewer, we're like, okay, what is going on? What's happening here? Yeah. Are they going to have some kind of orgy? Yeah, apparently this is a game. He keeps saying it's a game and every, and it's like, oh, people go in there and there's no time limit. It just has to be truth. Okay. So I'm picturing this like when you're like, you're, you're like that person in your sixth grade or whatever. And you do the seven minutes in heaven, you know? Yeah. That kind of thing. I guess. Like throw two people in a room and see what happens. I mean, it's not a closet. It's just a room. And then all the furniture and all of the artwork and everything's been taken out. So the whole room is just white. Yeah. And I wanted to point this out. Wasn't it a brown colored room a second ago? I thought it was also. I thought they had like that wood paneling yeah, in and, there. And then it kind of looks like an insane asylum room. It does. It looks like just a, it's just all white. It looks like a rubber yeah. room. It's really weird. And so then we see that two people at random get chosen to go inside. And, yeah, I don't know if they're couples. I don't really understand what's happening in this scene. I, I need help with this. Yeah, I'm having trouble. The, the, the one couple goes in there, and a couple minutes later, they come out smiling and laughing and holding each other. And they said, what happened in there? is like, it was fantastic. Yeah, okay. What? Okay, so what? Um, And then they do this really weird cut to this woman and guy in there. And he's just like jostling her around. There's like a lot of those cuts. But there's one that comes out where the woman's crying. And then there's a woman crying. And like all these couples, they show all these couples in there. But we don't know what the hell the we reasoning is. We don't really is. know what the reasoning here is. What is the point of this? Well, I don't understand. Well, we have to point out that the husband is watching the guy that he's working with now uh, talking to the blonde. And right. they're whispering to each other. And he also notices that for some reason this guy, he's wearing that bracelet that you buy, the charm bracelet that you buy at the Euro of girlfriends to you know for like holidays yeah it was really weird it looked like a pandora bracelet a pandora um, bracelet. but it was weird because it looked like a woman's bracelet it didn't look like it would be on a guy it had charms hanging off of it it just for that time period it didn't look like a guy's bracelet at i didn't all. understand that and um they made a point to, to show us that he was looking at that bracelet um and so obviously that comes back but yeah, um, but the husband he's making it known that he's watching them and he's mad. Yeah, because that's his girl and he doesn't want her talking yeah. to another well, man. His wife, we also see a shot of him looking, them whispering, and the wife looking at the husband. And yeah. she's standing right next to him. He she doesn't knows, give a shit. He no, doesn't stop looking. She knows that, you know, he's looking over in jealousy. And she she knows it. I mean, she's not a dummy. Yeah, but it's her cousin that she's like so obsessed with having there. Like you would think that she would say, Hey, that's my fucking husband. You know what right. I mean? Right. But she doesn't say she any doesn't of say that. Shit. And she obviously knows that some shit's going down with them. And she doesn't say anything. It's just so bizarre. It's weird. Uh, but yeah, the, he's whispering and he says, she says something like, I can't do it. And he says, you can do it. We can do this. I know it. You have to just keep going. 
Right. Okay. So I'm like, all right. So they're plotting. Yeah. They're plotting. So this is going to be interesting because are they plotting against him or are they plotting against the wife? I, I don't. So I'm what, like, oh, what's okay? All right. Strange. More strange is that the husband grabs the blonde and brings him into the padded room, the white room, to have the whatever happened in there. Okay. Yeah. Can in you front of all the guests, everybody knows them. It's so weird because, first of all, they're not technically a couple. He should be going in there with his, his wife. His wife, who's the owner of the party, the, run, the person running the party. Yeah. Then we see the two of them in this room, the blonde and the husband, and we're like, okay, what's the reasoning? Why are you in here? I mean, they don't, nothing transpires in there. Well, he tells her that he loves her and he wants us to be now. He wants to run away. He wants to do this now. Yeah, that's it. And he's it. like kissing on her. And then oddly... Someone turns off the electricity in the house and turns off the lights. Yeah, I don't know. And then we hear a scream and we think something has happened. No, the girl, the blonde, has just screamed. Yeah, and they I... opened up the door and the husband's mad and he comes out of the room and he goes, Who's the idiot? Who did this idiotic, you know, who did this idiotic thing? <laughs> Sons of bitches, you know? And they go, You know what? The, it's late. The party's over. Yeah, so they throw everybody Sorry out. Sorry about that, guys. But it's so weird because, like, the wife, I mean, she seems so disconnected from it all. It's just bizarre. Yeah. I and mean, like, I would be like, what the hell? What are you doing with this broad? You know, that's my freaking cousin. Are you guys banging? What's going on? I would be, like, all over it. She almost seems, like, sexual with her own cousin. We, we are actually confused by that for a couple minutes. There was a, yeah, there was We're a like, scene. Is that cousins? Yeah, where I was just like, okay, she's looking at her like she wants to, like, yeah, she make out with she's her. Like, she's so beautiful. Yeah. Oh my God. It was weird. This, I mean, I'm not gonna tell you these that these characters aren't weird. They are. Yeah. All strange. This, strange cats. What's really funny is like, because any host will tell you, the next when everybody leaves and the party's left and you're sitting there looking at the cleanup, it's the worst. And that's what happens here. The wife and the the blonde, the cousin, sit down and the house is trashed. But for some reason, she notices an envelope on the table. And it has her name on it, the wife. So she goes there and opens it up. We don't get to see what's inside. We don't get to be told what's going on. But she goes, oh, my God, these sons of bitches. And they didn't even leave their name. Yeah. And she's it, like, I'm going to get them. What letter it is. And what, she storms what does it off. Say? What she is storms it? off. Something about her husband. Yeah, I, I, we but, don't know. I mean, there's nothing that they don't tell us. Yeah. They're, they don't tell us at all. She storms off. She Well, she crumbles it up. She storms off and goes into her room. And we don't even find out what was in that letter. So I'm like, okay, isn't this an important plot point? Yeah, you would think what we would be told freak? what's in this. But I mean, I guess we can only guess because it's obvious what's going on. But I mean, now it is, bef but before I mean, we know that the guy set it up and he turned off the lights for some strange reason. But the lights turned off with just for the throw the envelope on the table. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We know that the blonde and him are setting something up because we've seen them talking now. And and the husband seems to know too, but not doing anything about it. He kept questioning her in the, in the room too. He kept saying. How do you know him? What are you guys talking about? And she's like, I just met him when he came over the house the other day. But we, I, I know you know more. I know something's going on. Yeah. I love you. I don't want to move like away a, with you. Yeah, he acts like a jealous, like, you know, little kid. He's yes. like, he's the, he's the worst. The husband is the worst. Now, mind you, we are two murders in at this point. Two murders in. And this fucking guy, this guy who's seen him murder someone the first time, still has not come forward to the police and said anything. And let's say uh, two murders and an attempted murder with the wrench in the thing. Yes, attempted murder. And yeah. speaking of that, we have to get to this now because this is an odd, odd scene. 
him and his wife are mad. Now she's mad at him because whatever the envelope was is definitely some kind of information about him. Mm-hmm. But and, we don't know what it is. Yeah, and they're talking in the chicken factory where she does the running of the chicken thing. <laughs> the she, running of the chicken thing? <laughs> whatever the hell it is. She turns on this device that's like a meat grinder. That's this the chicken giant... feed. It's the chicken feed. Yeah, but you, you have it smashes <laughs> stuff up. It's like giant rollers that crush up stuff. Yeah, it's making the chicken feed. <laughs> okay. okay. So I guess she dumps stuff into it? We yeah, don't so, see that. No. We just are watching this thing churn. Yeah, and then and it, it talking. brings the it conveyor belts the food out to the chickens so they can eat it. Yeah, I get that part, but I'm just this device. What it is? It's a huge ass thing with some kind of railing. What I'm guessing is they dump some kind of feed that has to be grinded up. Yeah, I don't really know what's going on here, but uh, she's talking and they start fighting, and she's telling him that the the workers they're outside again. And they book some windows. And he's like, eh. And she's like, the cops need to be brought in. They're supposed to protect us and stop this. And he goes, I don't think we have to call the cops. And she's like, okay, great. We're going to find more broken windows. But oddly, a dog walks up. And apparently now, these characters have a dog. Yeah, we never saw the dog. Film. No, we never what, saw a dog. What I think happened here is this dog wandered onto set and they filmed it dying. No. Because this scene... I'm questioning what happened on the set here. I have no idea what's going on. There's here. no trivia on a IMDb. Rare dog. There's no trivia. I can't find anything. But a rare black dog comes into the shot and doesn't really interact with them. They just keep showing it like it's in the scene. Yeah. And it was bizarre. He walks the husband after the wife already stormed out saying that the windows are broken. And you're going to find more broken windows from those guys. They're just standing out there. Uh, he walks off and as he's walking, he turns and stops to look for the dog. And now suddenly, the dog is up on the beams above the grinder? Yeah, so we know exactly what's going to happen here. The dog's walking back and forth up there. You said, how the hell did the dog get yeah, up there? Yeah, we don't even know how he got up there. There's no possible way. There's stairs going up to the grinder, but it doesn't go up to you the freaking the ventilation, ventilation shaft. shaft. Yeah, I, I don't even know how it's up there. And this, by the way, this factory is like in a, uh, there's like a glass ceiling. Yeah. It's dirty, but there's light. You can see light through it. Yeah, so how did this... I don't know. So the dog's up there, and all of a sudden the dog slips off. Yep. The Whee! dog slips off. And we then see falls fall. into a vent that shoots him into the grinder. Yep. It's beyond. And I was like... I'm like, okay. I don't know how they did this. Why do, why do we need this scene, though? Why do we need this scene? I, like I said... This is definitely implanted. Something happened on the set, and they just filmed it. Well, by you're accident. just letting this dog get murdered from a. I, the dog off. slipped off the damn thing. That happened. The I dog mean, slipped off. The it thing, looked right? like the dog really fell. It looked it, like he that. fell. I mean, that's, and then you can see him sliding. Yeah, and and the husband know. starts screaming, "Get down from there! Get down!" You know, he runs toward it. I, I, did he say his name was Blackie? He did call him that. Yeah, yeah I think Blackie, he, Blackie, get off of there! And yeah. then all of a sudden, just right into the meat grinder. Yeah. We don't see it. This movie doesn't really like showing gore, which is, I guess, a plus because this scene in particular. And I was worried that we're going to be watching a lot of chickens being like destroyed. Yeah, I'm and glad we don't we get any of that. that. Luckily, and this dog too. We just don't get what happens to his body. It just it just disappears. Just falls in there and is gone. Which is a thing in this movie, but, but you don't even see any blood. Like there'd be some nothing. remnants of yeah. something. There, nothing really. But and nothing. He like just walks up to where he fell in, 
and just stares at this it. This is the oddest scene. Oh my god. It makes no freaking sense. They never even go back yeah, to this. Yeah, they never talk about it at all. And and that's it. That scene's over. I mean, he just moves on from I, it. I need to I need to listen to somebody else talk about this movie because I just I'm having trouble with a lot of scenes in this movie. I, I need some some guidance. It's yeah, very bizarre. I, I'm afraid to find out that like animals are really hurt. And no, stuff like that, and, you know, you, no, no. I don't I don't doubt it. I really don't doubt it. I mean, it was weird. It, it looked like the dog really fell, but I mean, it, it could have been like where they made the dog fall and someone caught him in a, you know, one of those, what do you call it? The fire brigade has those it, jumper uh, trampolines, yeah, you know? Maybe, maybe. Uh, it just looks very, very suspicious. It looks very, yeah, it looks weird. I question but... what happened in the scene. But yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's that. And uh, I, now we get a whole subplot where. The wife wants to get revenge on the husband. And so she asks him. Oh, no, the wife asks uh, the, the the cousin. She's like, yeah, I know he's going. I, this, this person wrote the letter and said that he's going. Uh, he's getting women and they're, they're meeting up somewhere. I wonder where it is. And the blonde just goes, it's at this hotel. Yeah, and there's no follow-up like, questions. She doesn't say, how the no, fuck do you know like, that? How do you and know? she goes, I've seen him there. I've yeah. seen them there. There's women of the night that work there. There's hookers that hook. Yeah. And uh, they're in the, the lounge. Hookers go hook. I think she he picks up hookers. Yeah, so how does she know yeah, that? Yeah, how does she know? But and there's the, no... The sister doesn't... No, the cousin. The cousin doesn't even question no, it. She doesn't, no. There's no follow-up questions. Like, okay, so this is what our plan is going to be. We're going to get revenge on him. So we are going to dress you up like a woman of the night and put you in a red wig. Now, this wig and her earrings, okay? So she had these green earrings, and I know Wilma Flintstone wears white earrings, but she looked like Wilma Flintstone. Well, this is where we see her in, like, um, lingerie or whatever. Yeah. And this is where we see She has a beautiful body. pretty. Like, mm-hmm. they're making her seem older in the face every time we see her, but this is the first time you see her body. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, we were like, damn, wow. she's pretty. She's, you know, like, yeah. she's got a nice body. And uh, she's like, they're talking about wearing laundry. And the, the cousin goes, I can't wait to put you in it. Yeah. It, so she was like really gung-ho about getting her dressed up so she could play this role of the woman of the night and bust out her husband who's been having an affair with these hookers. So this whole plan is enacted. And yeah. it's, it's very strange the way it just cuts off off so like they get they, they dress her up and the next scene well no well, we forgot something we forgot a couple important things here uh they're just looking for clothes but before that they want to go test out what the hookers are like so they go to the bar at the hotel oh yeah and she that's walks right. over to a hooker and she goes do you got a light for my cigarette and the hooker lights her cigarette, and she walks back over. I'm sorry, woman of the night. And she walks over, and she sits back down. She goes to the cousin. I've never seen a look like that my whole life. It's like her look is just one of torture. She, like, she wants to hurt someone and hurt herself. That's it's right. void of emotion. I forgot about that it's whole It's incredible. Thing. And then the blonde goes, I, like, I think you'd look good in hooker clothes. Yes. Hello. Do you have a light for my cigarette? What's the matter? Just an impression, that's all. I've never seen such an expression as that one over there has in her eyes. It's real weird. I see what you mean. She's been around. 
No, that's not it. It was indefinable, almost a capacity for cruelty, suffering and causing suffering, to degrade herself and someone else. Lingerie is important too. Your bra and panties are almost as important as what's under them. Oh my That's God, how she responds so to this woman saying weird. this crazy shit to her. She's like, oh, I think you'd look good in that. It is so... This, the cousin, I mean, she's so adorable. She's adorable to look at. But she's a dummy. She is so dumb. And I'm just like, oh my God. The dialogue in this is so ridiculous. Yeah. So... So that's why they, they get an idea of what hooker clothes look like and how they can dress her up as a hooker. And so they get into that. Uh, and there's a whole scene of them trying on hooker clothes to see how she'll look. But we have another strange plot point that comes back from before where the husband is out and he gets a phone call after, I think this happens after he kills, I don't know if he killed the third hooker or if this is the second hooker kill. Mm -hmm. I don't remember if there was a third, but it, either way, he gets a phone call in his hotel room that he stays at. And she says, by the way, I don't know how she has this number. Yeah, I uh, don't know. She says, you have to get back here. Something amazing has happened at the factory. You have to come back soon. What is it? What is it? And the phone hangs up, but he keeps clicking the hang up button to see if she's still on the line. But he does like 50 times. That is a, that's just like a, a, it's like a weird movie thing. It's a weird movie trope. Yeah. They do that all the time. So he runs home to see what's going on. And he runs into the factory and she's there and she's like, it's a miracle. And this is where we find out that it looks like mogwai eggs have been hatched. But on the table are these weird, veiny, bubbly-looking things. And we only see little tiny shots of them. They hardly show it. And they're moving. And it's she so says, weird. it's amazing. And he's like, what is this? And she's like, the chickens, they were mutated and they were born. We found a whole bunch of these like this. And the scientist comes in now and is like, and he's like, did you tell any? Oh, before the scientist comes in, the husband says, did you tell anybody else? And then she's like, the scientist. And he's like, you shouldn't have done that. They should be destroyed. I mean, and first the, of all. The scientist, yeah. yeah. Well, well, the scientist comes in now and is super excited. These are chickens born without heads and wings okay and he picked it up it's a basically a circle it, with yeah, legs and it has feet and it was like moving it was so creepy okay so there's two things that could have been happening here it's either <laughs> that they really cut off chickens heads because the body will still move oh my god or you can also and this is odd push a chicken's head in okay don't say stuff like that you've seen this too david blaine doesn't he oh pretends like he takes chicken heads off oh but he's God. actually pushing them in uh... yeah it's weird okay i don't it, it's it's a weird thing but it's it's featherless and it's wingless it was so and creepy if you were watching it's definitely a chicken body because the feet were moving yeah, I was cringed out. I couldn't take it. I, I was, was like, staring at it. Oh, I my not God. It's all veiny. Oh, and so, so gross. The scientist is like, we've done it. It's a miracle. Uh. This is exactly what we wanted to do, right? Apparently, what they want is more meat on the chicken, less bones, so it's easier to get the chicken meat out. So, basically, they these are hormone-injected chickens that are growing more meat 
And so he's like, this is perfect. This is exactly what we want. We're going to save so much money because the bones are smaller and they're easy to get rid of. And there's more meat and it's going to be juicier meat. This is the this is another like subplot. Like, why do we even need this? There's no reasoning. There's no reasoning Th- for this. This is this is an odd moment. And I don't exactly know the metaphor we're going for here in this movie, but the husband basically fires the scientist, and the scientist is like, the uh, chicken association of, of uh, Italy is going to hear about this, oh and God. you're going to get your job. And he's like, get out of here. Yeah, yeah. And then he leaves the scientist, <laughs> and uh, the wife's like, don't you dare do it. And he, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be happy if you destroy these chickens. Oh my God. But then she just leaves the room, and then he goes behind that counter and grabs a crowbar in a science lab. Oh my God! Okay, yeah, there's and a crowbar. And then suddenly in there. the window smashes, and the wife just watches him as he destroys the chickens with a crowbar, which is the goriest scene in the movie. It's I'm... basically, it does look like some real organs. It does. It's it's gory. And it's, it's fast it's though. Cringy, it's, it's but shot yeah. in a way where it's hardly seen. I but feel it's like they're really doing that. I do. He just destroys these chicken monstrosities, and he says they're monsters. I mean, this movie is so freaking weird. Yeah, it's so weird. It's like one moment it's about an affair and a murder, and then the next minute there's mutated chickens. I it it's so freaking weird, and like a dog is falling off the thing and dying and I, I, can't, I just can't yes jesus christ <laughs> i am baffled and a, by a, this a cousin's family dying on a road trip yes and we had to see oh. all of it for what reasoning it's and, odd. they were among the chicks that were born friday the others are normal only these are monsters they're wingless and headless Yet they're breathing as though they were living things. Have you spoken to anyone? I called Paolo. He'll be here any moment. That was a mistake. There's so so much, and we still have this asshole who saw a murder and didn't report it. So this is just, I... Well, yeah, I mean, now we got mutated chicken metaphors, and of course, this leads him to get called to the... Chicken Association of Italy, and they fire him, basically. They mm-hmm. say, and he says, there are monstrosities that need to be taken down. And I would have done it regardless. And they're like, this is everything we wanted. We yeah. wanted those monstrosities because we can get make more chicken. Yeah. So, And uh, when he walks in, he's like, I think we've spoken enough. And he leaves. And as he leaves, we get a nice, big, giant, wall-sized chicken black and white photo and we kind of aim in it, kind of zoom in upon it, and we see the clock. And then we get a whole scene of him. Oh, oh, I'm so mad at myself for not remembering this scene. Um, he go, he calls a guy up and says, "I need two tickets to Amsterdam." Oh, okay. And he goes to a guy. Yes. Who has a bookshelf of chickens and books? <laughs> Their heads are sticking out of the chicken books it's so uh, weird an entire library case like that and then chicken everything is chicken but great is he has baskets of eggs everywhere in this this office and this guy's really out of control acting and he's like uh 
two tickets? Oh, you need two tickets? Well, it's Word Torn. And he's like, it's for my wife. And he's like, okay, well, just remember to check in. It's Word Torn area. Just check in before you leave. I have plenty of tickets because there are so few going. What with the war they're preparing. But I'm so glad that your wife can go. Here you are. Make sure that your reservation is confirmed tomorrow by the airlines. Thank you. Not at all. I mean, the fact that he went to this guy and said, okay, so we need, um, I need a ticket to send my wife to a war-torn area. And this guy doesn't think anything of it. It's like, oh, okay, here's your ticket. Yeah, like, have it, fun. I mean, obviously he's doing this because he wants to get rid of her. Yeah, I, like you definitely know now that he's plotting something because mm-hmm. he wants to be with the blonde. Right, they want to run away together and all this crap. So he's he needs to get away from the wife, and uh, he's buying this ticket to make it look as though she left Italy and went someplace else, um, so that he can get away with whatever he's going to do. Yeah, and he um, <laughs> he starts like having this scene where he starts thinking heavily about the time. So he's like. Five o'clock, the machine goes on. Five o'clock, the machine goes on. Right? And this... Okay. Everything is filmed here. It just, again, jump shots. We see the guy that was stalking him, the guy, a co-worker, uh, in the hotel, coming out of uh, the elevator with scratches on his face. Like, two gashes on his face. We see... A woman's feet walking on the platform near the grinder. We see him run in and switch the switch at 5 o'clock. Then we get a shot of a scream. And we see that the blonde, who's wearing a giant man's button-down shirt? I don't understand that. And she just screams into the camera. Like Like she sees something. What? And the husband is acting like crazy against the wall. While he's switching the switch. And uh, we get the shot of the grinder. And then we see an entire scene of the husband going to the hotel and parking his car. Sneaking into the hotel and going into his room. And when he goes into his room, he washes his face and then turns around and he finds a dead body on the floor. Yeah. And now we know that the dead body is his wife in the wig. Yep. And and he notices it too, because he goes over to her, and she is literally, I mean, left there, throat slashed, and um, and this is crazy because we know that he's a murderer, but he didn't do this. Yeah, but we know that he just tried to kill somebody with the meat grinder, and we heard a, the girl scream like she saw something, but we didn't see it. And we saw white shoes walking there. Right. And now we're thinking. This is where we're like, what the, what, what, what's happening? Like, what's going on? And we're thinking, okay, he tried to kill the wife in the meat grinder. And now his wife's dead on the floor. And we saw the guy, well, I can put it together that he left the room with the scratches on his face because he killed her and he got scratched on the face while on the way, while fighting her, mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, but we're like, who died in the meat grinder? What the hell is happening I here? think that he turned it on because he was anticipating his wife going there and doing the chicken feed at 5 p.m., but she didn't do it. So... Well, we saw feet walking there, so it was very confusing and why the other girl screamed, right? And so now basically he starts cleaning up the body. He gets a blanket. He starts cleaning it up. 
then we get the cops all show up. Now, this is the part, the funniest part. The cops are all detectives, but there's like 10 of them. Yes. 10 well-dressed detective cops show up in the hotel <laughs> lobby. And guess what? Right at the hotel desk where the, the cops all go to is all the hookers that he's killed through the movie. Oh, my goodness. And the he, they say to him, well, they're like, uh, you called? And he's like, I didn't call the cops. The, the hotel manager, I didn't call the cops. And he's like, we were told that there was a murder in this room number. Mm-hmm. And the, the hookers all laugh. And they, I'm sorry, the women of the night. The women <laughs> of the night say, we've all, that's funny. We've all been killed in that room. Yeah, the guy who does it is a gentleman. He's a really nice guy. He has a weird fetish. But we've all died, like, I don't know, how many times, Cindy? And the other one's like, I, yeah, like five. Died five times in that room. Yeah. So like, he's, he's a sweetheart, it. though. Yeah, so he, he hired these women not to, like, you know, I guess he, he just gets uh, his kicks by pretending to yeah. murder people, which is deranged. But that's his fetish. His fetish. And so he's pretending to murder them. So this whole time we're looking at him killing these women and he's not doing it at all. And that's why I was wondering the whole time, like, oh my God, where the freak are the bodies? Where yeah. are the bodies? Like, are oh, they going to drag out? Like, oh, it's making a little sense. Yeah. Why aren't they on the news? What's going on? Well, there's no bodies because there was no murder. Yeah. Because he actually was faking it the whole time. So they're like, well, we still want to check out that room. Well, we cut to the chicken factory and the blonde there and then the, the other guy shows up and I guess they're together. And it turns out that they were planning to set up the husband. And make it look like he killed the wife. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I killed the wife. She's dead. They're going to get caught. I call the cops there. He's the I wasn't expecting him to uh, show up at the hotel, though. But don't worry, he's going to go to jail because I called there. And now it's going to prove all the other people he's murdered. Yep. And So they were in cahoots they, this whole time because yeah. the, the blonde girl was like thinking, well, if my cousin gets killed and, the, and her husband's in jail, well, then I inherit the chicken farm and I'm going to be rich. Yeah. So her, her motivations in this movie were completely the opposite of what we thought. We yeah. thought she was having an affair with the husband, but she was really playing the husband. She just wants a, the cousin's money in the factory and everything mm -hmm. like that. But what's funny is she says, but I saw him here. He flipped on the switch and I screamed because I was startled. So that was like a terrible red herring for it us. It was. It was. Uh, I was startled because he flipped on the switch. I think he was going to kill his wife because I think he filed down the railing and she was supposed to fall over into the railing into the meat thing. And the, the guy's like, ah, damn. He would have done it for us if we just would have waited a minute. Right. But, oh, well, it doesn't matter. I called the cops there, and he's like, he really thought this out because he got the two tickets to the thing, and he was going to send, he pretend that she was there, and he should have been out of town, but he's secretly moving around. He's like, ah, he really thought this out. Well, it doesn't matter. I sent the cops there. They're going to catch him and whatever. What they don't know is that he is snuck out of the hotel with the body, and somehow cleaned a pile of blood off a carpet mm -hmm. perfectly cleaned the carpet it's yeah. gone because when the cops get in the room they do not see the blood on the floor yeah and nothing is wrong in the room when the cops get in that room 
he is now driven to the, the 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 chicken factory and his plan is to dump the body into the meat grinder like he was going to anyways but before he can push the 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 body in and he has started it up too so the noise has alerted the other two in the house but before he can push the body in he notices in her closed hand with the rigor mortis like it's closed really hard is that guy's bracelet the the charm the pandora bracelet <laughs> that his girlfriend bought him i guess on the valentine's day yep uh, in her hand and he grabs it out and has a moment of crisis and this is a really odd scene he just stares at it twirls around screams and falls into the meat grinder Yep. And the other two come out of the house. They come in there and they go, holy shit, her body's here. But where's he? I don't know. But we should, we got to push the body. We got to help me dispose of the body. <laughs> and just then the cops all come in and see them. And they get them and they go, he, they say, it wasn't us. He did it. He put the body here, but we don't know where he is. And they're like, uh, you're, we're taking you in for questioning. Where is he? Everybody search the, uh, the the chicken place. You know, check check everywhere. And they're looking and they're looking and they're looking and they don't see anything. And then finally a guy walks up to the one of the chicken cages, grabs an egg, cracks it open, and drinks the insides. And that's the end of the film. That was the most repugnant thing. I, I'm like, okay, first of all, this movie doesn't need half the shit that they put in there. I... Especially that scene. I was like, why? Why? Why why do we need this? And Finn. Finn. Uh, okay. <laughs> it ends like that. It just mm -hmm. ends. And it starts playing that terrible music. <laughs> Over credits of chickens with red font of the, the names on it. I'm going to go ahead and say that I think that this this movie held my attention a lot simply oh, I because I couldn't look away. it was so bonkers and I almost put me in a seizure because of the freaking back and forth back and forth sped up shots of the median and the road and the just weird shit that they put in there. The directing choices were out of control. Yeah. I have never seen such crazy directing. Like what? What is this? Uh, what is he thinking? This, I don't, this director. I don't know if he actually wrote this, but I will say this: he wrote one of the worst movies I have ever watched called Devil Fish. <laughs> this guy wrote that movie too. Oh my god! He didn't direct it because uh... I think Baba's son or somebody directed that movie, Devil Fish. It oh. is horrendous. That film. Okay. Well, he was um, the director. Is Julio Questi, and he is listed as a writer as well. That's um, insane. And so, it does it does prove a lot about Devilfish being as bad oh as it was. Oh my god, I cannot. This movie, this, first of all... This is a trash fire. I've never... When I picked this movie, I was like, okay, this has a weird name. This is everything that we're going to want to talk about. Yeah, I think you're right. You know, like this is, there's no way that a movie with this movie title would be anything less than what it was. Yeah. This movie was a like a trash heap and and the, the directing was all over the place. It was bonkers. And the plot 
the plot would have been cool if they executed it differently. You know, like you can't just end the movie like that. You can't just end it. You know, yeah. that guy and, just disappeared into the to grinder. Yeah, that he, was it. He's gone. He disappeared. No blood. No nothing. Nothing. It's like the same with the dog. It's like okay, so you choose to put some blood in some scenes and some blood in other scenes, but the one scene that you really needed in, it's not there. Yeah. It's so weird. And, you know, a lot of it makes sense coming back now to me when he was killing the first girl or, you know, just air quotes, killing the first girl was because there was no blood on the knife the whole time. So I was like, wait, that's weird. I was going to point that out, but I'm like, no, let me just see where this goes. But, um, I, it, it the plot was kind of cool. It just wasn't really executed right. You know, like, I like the whole double cross, double cross, you know, and then it comes right back at you type thing. I like that. I like that. Alfred Hitchcock does that a lot. Mm -hmm. And uh, I it kind of, I really like that. But this movie could have been interesting if it wasn't so goddamn bonkers and all over the place with the directing and the crazy, like, no reasoning for the party, number one. We didn't need the party. You know, the scene where they're in the room and they're, what is that even the hookers fake out the, death because it doesn't really tie in no because they were going to even if they found the cops found the uh, wife dead it wouldn't have mattered about hookers being killed i'm sorry when were the night and uh if they were found dead they weren't found dead and it wouldn't have mattered nothing would have tied back with that anyways it's not like they were setting up a history of crazy violent past with him it wouldn't have mattered he just killed his wife would have been enough Right. And like, it doesn't matter if he was a killer beforehand. Yeah. I mean... Like, he could have always set him up. Right. He didn't it, need any of that. They didn't need any of that. There was so much in this movie where, like, all right, why do we need this scene? Why do we need the driving scene where we see her parents are, are killed? It, yep. it was just bonkers. I yeah. mean, they, they, they tried to throw a whole bunch of crap behind a decent plot, and we didn't need the crap. We could have just had... Oh. Wow, decent plot. I mean, I like the whole double cross, double cross thing. I like that, you know? Like, it was a big, like, wow, he wasn't really killing them. They're standing right there. You know, that's kind of neat. I mean, I guess that reveal was kind of interesting. It was neat. It was a neat reveal. You don't see that all the time. So it didn't matter. Right. It couldn't justify itself. But it also makes us believe that, okay, he's not really a killer. So it would have made sense if he, you know, us as the viewer were thinking, oh, he really killed his wife. You know, it's maybe he went mental and didn't realize that he did it. But no, he wasn't really a killer. He yeah, just, I guess you're right. You know, it was a it was a cool plot twist. I liked it. Yeah. And if they did it right the right way, it would have been an interesting movie. But there was the music, the score in this movie was trash. Oh, it was terrible. It was ridiculous. The directing was awful. The acting was all right, but you know there was. It wasn't bad acting. It wasn't bad yeah, acting. I mean, I guess it's 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 passable. I'll say it's that. It's passable yeah. acting. That's the only thing that this movie really has going for it. They didn't have any chickens. That's what this movie had going I mean, for it. It made me laugh my ass off. Yeah, and you know, there's a lot of skeeve in this where we think that shit's really happening, like Some the dog. And the, it was just weird. It was very odd. Very odd movie. I'm giving it a three. I'm giving it a three because there's a reason. So, you know, like I like the, like I said, the plot turn. That was a good reveal. Yeah. I like that, um, you know, it, it, like I said, it wasn't poorly acted. 
is but if i give it a two it i mean i guess i should give it a two because the is... only thing it has going for it really is the fact that i like the twist and yeah. it wasn't poorly acted so i guess i'm going to change mine i'm going to give it a two in the sense of fun you know having fun during a bad film this one is up there because it's so crazy. This is exactly what I'm always looking for. That's true. But it is very bad. It's As not so bad. Goes, it's good. It's it's yeah. close. It, it's close. If there was more funny, funny scenes, because anything that was funny about it or great about it was ruined by how bad some of it was done. It's it's yeah. odd. This is an odd one for me. I did not. It, oh, let me tell I'll just say this. This is the third of the month. <laughs> and this is the third one in a row. And I think we've I've given all these extremely low scores. Yeah. And this one is the lowest yet. This is a two. <laughs> but it's, oh. it's still like people. I mean, some people. I'm glad we're, do, we're doing it. So if anybody ever hears this, like. This is exactly why you might want to stay away from Jala. Or this might make you want to go watch it more and see more like amazing things about it that we don't see. But this is definitely something that it's unreal. Like it makes you want to watch it because it's so crazy. That's why I picked different directors. Because we're going to go in, you know, this is... We're doing different ones each time, so we have to see at least one of these has to give us something. Yeah, I mean they're definitely di different directing styles for sure. I think, uh, by the way, we wanted really badly at the end of this film because we didn't talk about it during the the entire rundown of the plot because there is a strange thing with eyes in the opening. We forgot to mention that one of the weird jump cuts yeah. was him putting drops in his eyes. And then him talking about the color of his eyes throughout the film. And we kept thinking, is a chicken going to eat his eyes out at the end of this film? <laughs> and how great that was. <laughs> like, okay, we need if like a the mutated chicken. Kill him. Because there's a mutant chicken <laughs> thing in this movie. And there is eye talk and him wearing sunglasses. Yep. And something's going to happen. There's some reason this stuff's being set up. Like, they say that Chekhov's gun thing, right? Mm -hmm. If you set up something in the first half, it should come back in the end. It, like... That's the only re reason to establish it. Yeah. And this movie's establishing things that don't mean shit. And it really feels like it needed to mean <laughs> shit. And I'm sure there's someone out there that's going to say, oh, you missed the metaphor of what, what they're talking about and all this stuff. Okay. And I, whatever that is, it did not connect to me mentally or in any sense, no. at any plane. So I can't give it that credit. You know, I wish I could. I wish I was smart enough to know what the hell you're talking about, but I can't see it. I, I don't I don't think there's a hidden metaphor in there. I'm no. sorry. I, I don't. feel like there might be something we're missing, but I don't see it. Like right now, I, I just shocked. I was laughing at how bad it was so much about this one. I mean, it, it gave us a lot to look at each other and be like, you know what the fuck yeah the whole time what, what we're like wait, it gave yeah. us a lot of that like there there was just so much of it but like at the you, end of the day the, the movie us laughing about it is not enough it, to save it as close. a movie it made me enjoy my night with with watching it with you yeah of course, of course. i mean we always have a good time when yeah. we're watching trash because we're like is this happening <laughs> well let me say this you have one more yes to to blow me away finding me a classic 
<laughs> I don't think it's going to happen, but uh, I just like putting it on you as pressure. But, uh, yeah, you have one more of the month, I think. And, uh, yeah, that's that. That's a, that's us talking about uh, the egg movie, the plucked. Death-laden egg. Death-laden egg. What a great title that is. I mean, of course you know why I picked it. Because I'm like, all right, this has Death to be some egg. crazy shit. Yeah. And it was. It was it's, crazy. It sounds like a Zucker Brothers version of a, a horror movie. Death Laid an Egg. <laughs> I would like to see their version of this. I would love to. Um, yeah, but as always, guys, you know, thanks for listening. And also, you can always hit us up on social media. Uh, you can find Joe at uh, The Crafty Misfit. And I am at Just Another Movie Night on Instagram. And uh, we're always on there. If you want to comment about why you love Jello and why you love this film, please do. And if oh, as always, just... If you have any bad movies that you think we should do on this show or bad movies that you think are the worst movies ever made just tell us we'd love to hear about yes, it yes we love recommendations uh, always uh, tell us these things and uh yeah again thanks for listening and have a good one and thanks for celebrating 50 episodes with this shit <laughs> have a good one come in you've got to excuse me you see what happened you hate the sight of blood too i'm afraid one of them attacked me they're so aggressive they're terribly mean to me. They won't let me investigate at all, and I'm supposed to be cataloging them for the files. They're good company, but sometimes they get nervous, and then they get cruel. But the administration has to have its information nevertheless. How absurd.